every school district has issues, but it shouldn't be because our students are deprived of an opportunity. From the Kentucky New Era, this is Podkinsville. I'm John Russell Byrne. On this week's episode, Marianne Gimmel and Brad Hawkins of Christian County Public Schools explain the nickel tax. Stay tuned. So we are here today um, with our Christian County Public Schools officials, and we are just talking about the nickel tax. It's been a hot topic here lately. Um, There's a lot of um, information floating around the community, and we just want to make sure that the Kentucky New Era is a part of that education of Hopkinsville and Christian County, letting people know kind of what the nickel tax is and how it will affect them and our students. So I'd like to have everybody that I have here with me today to introduce themselves to our audience. All right. Well, thank you for having us. And uh, I'm Marianne Gimmel, and I'm the superintendent. I'm Jessica Darnell. I'm the director of finance. And I'm Brad Hawkins. I'm the chief operations officer. Awesome. So we have all of our people here today who can give us the most educated um, knowledge about this tax. So tell us a little bit about the nickel tax and why it's necessary and what these funds will be used for. Well, that's probably a, a question that each of us would want to uh, contribute to, I think, in the response because, uh, first of all, it's it's a necessity. It is uh, one of our greatest needs in this school system are the two high schools in terms of facility needs. And we believe it's important, and and Jessica and Brad are are working really hard at explaining the the infrastructure piece for Brad and the taxation piece for Jessica. And, And I have really tried to talk about the support we need for this because of the equity issue for the students in Christian County in terms of what a newer facility would afford the students compared to districts all around us in this state and others uh, because a newer building, uh, it just affords, first of all, a safer environment, and Brad will address that more. I know he, he is in charge of our safety programs, but safety is a real issue with an older, a building that was designed, an older design. Uh, also, just, uh, I call it acts of God, but in terms of safety with uh, storms, uh, just weather-related issues, uh, the construction is just different now than it was 50-plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian County High School was built in 1970, and Hopkinsville High School was built in 1962. So even though... Uh, it has a roof over it. It leaks, and we patch, and we patch. So we're trying to support the development of world-class citizens in very dated facilities. It's a barrier to what we can offer, and and I really believe it's a barrier for uh, attracting the best teachers because they don't have the modern technology tools mm-hmm. to help educate our students. And Brad, you might want to talk more about the safety. I know you've had issues like with the hallways and things, issues on your tours. Well, we have two of the only high schools that I have seen in Kentucky. There may be some that I haven't seen them where students actually have to go outside, some cases across the parking lot, to a different building in order to change classes. And 
that makes it very difficult to secure those facilities when you have students just out in the open crossing the parking lot whatever the case may be so one of our goals is to see when we replace these high schools see everything under one roof so students aren't having to go outside to different buildings when they change classes um, we also want to look at the uh, the ADA requirements are our buildings uh, safe and friendly toward people who may have some type of disability uh, issues getting around and climbing steps and so forth that's an issue we want to look at but when what I keep saying is when these buildings were designed and constructed in the 60s Hopkinsville High School being 1962 they were not designed to hold the number of students that we have today Hopkinsville High School was originally designed to hold around 850 we have 1150 there today and so what you see is narrow hallways mm -hmm. which doesn't allow for the easy flow of traffic between classes uh, you see a small a small cafeteria that makes it very difficult to accommodate all the students in that building you see a media center that is too small to accommodate the students that need to be using it in there um, and we don't have enough classrooms mm -hmm. you know so our classrooms are crowded because we don't have the space when we did our last facility plan two and a half years ago we submitted to KDE that we needed to add nine classrooms onto that building. They sent it back and said, no, you need 16 classrooms. Wow. And so, uh, you know, that's another issue that we need to look at. It goes much deeper than uh, a leaky roof. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of issues in that building. Um, Brad, you know, there is one, uh, when, as I've listened to Brad many times, and I, I know this is, something we hear frequently, but we actually had someone contact our office and say, and it was a teacher, and said, I believe everything Mr. Hawkins is saying, but you forgot to mention that those bathrooms don't accommodate the number of students exactly. and the adults. Exactly. And so they have a limited amount of break time, the teachers do, well, students as well. And, you know, I guess we didn't really talk much about those uh bathroom and the restroom facility, but, but it's, it's just not designed for a larger group. Mm -hmm. You know, we have walls that are separating in that building. The, uh, the wiring needs to be completely redone. The plumbing needs to be completely redone. Um, so a lot of issues in that building, uh, the, the size, the space, the uh, condition of the building and so forth that, that creates this need. So listening to you all, we're kind of past the point of repair. Like, the, we need a new school. Technically, we're not allowed, uh, and Jessica might want to share the, I believe it's 80%, Jessica, right, if the 80%. cost of remodeling. Right, the cost of re renovating a building is 80% or more of the cost of building new. KDE will not let you renovate a building. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had a couple of estimates on that. Um, the renovation between 36 and 38 million, the estimate to cost to build a new uh, academic building for the number of students that we currently have is 42 million. So we're well over that 80% threshold that we would not be allowed to renovate that building. Okay. Um, so we're now at the point where people have signed the petition, they want to vote on it themselves. Um, kind of, where does that put you all? Do you? I know that you've been vocal about 
suggesting we do a special election and not wait till November. Kind of where do you stand right now? Well, I'm ready to start building. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I really believe that this community ultimately will want to support our teachers and our students. And I think we want to be competitive in terms of having our students ready to go to college or the workforce. Or, and, and just overall, I feel really good about the outcome. But yes, I, I would like to move forward and, and uh, while we're having the discussions and keep it going. And that would call for a special election. And the board has not made that decision. And uh that would cost us some money to do that. Uh, it would not cost us money uh, to wait until November for that uh, general election. However, we would lose about $2 million in terms of the tax revenue <laughs> because we have to have that passed by November 1st. Is that correct, Jessica? I'm getting the right date in order to get it this year. Right. We would have to have that property tax rate um, levied uh, in August prior to when the property tax bills go out in October um, in order for us to re uh, collect the revenue this year, uh, which would uh, increase our bonding, our borrowing uh, capacity uh, to be able to do the construction project. So we would miss out on a, a year of collection of the tax, the nickel tax revenue. And I think another piece of that, Jessica, is that uh, match from the state, which is you have to be on a list to even get a match. You don't always know what that exact match is from the state, but that's another loss for us. The state offers um, an, a, what's called an equalization, so it's not a dollar-for-dollar dollar match of your revenue. Um, it depends on what the General Assembly, the legislators decide to match in, in different years. Um, so you could be looking at 25%, 50%, 100% equalization of the dollars, which basically adds more money into our restricted funds so that would increase our bonding or our borrowing capacity even more. Um, so if we don't levy the nickel tax this year, um, then our name is not in that group of names of school districts in order to to be uh, in the General Assembly's decision-making for the next budget when they do that. Um, so we would miss out on those equalization dollars as well as our local taxation dollars. And, and if I could go back to a, a comment Ms. Gimmel made about it wouldn't cost us anything if we went to the general election in November, we are constantly now throwing good money after bad trying to keep Hopkinsville High School open valid, and running. Uh, and it's not just the roofing issues, but we know the heating and cooling units are at, are coming to the end of their life cycle and we're starting to see trouble out of them. Uh, so just trying to keep them running uh, until we are able to uh, build a new structure is it, costing us a, a lot of money to begin with. Uh, we have a roofing project in the works for this summer for for one hallway, and it costs us about $325,000, $330,000 per hallway. Oh. And obviously we have to have roofs, and we have to have the building dry, and, you know, those are things we need to do. But, you know, there, that's an example of if we continue to, to stay in that building, we're continually throwing good money after bad. We will have spent, after this 
roofing project this summer, we will have spent over a million dollars on roofing projects just in the last few years for that building, and we're only halfway through. Mm -hmm. And so the longer that building stays open, then obviously we're going to have to do more roofing projects, more plumbing projects, electrical, so forth. So a lot of money is going into that building that we could be using in other facilities to keep them updated. Um, so what happens if the community votes it down? They don't want this tax. What happens then? Well, we hope that doesn't happen. Once again, I just hope and pray. And, and I know that, and I've repeated this many times, hope is not a strategy. But I am hoping that the community will support our students and, and our staff. Uh, you spend as many hours in those buildings Monday through Friday as you do at home. I mean, you know, the, this, is, this is a health issue. It's an educational issue. It's an equity issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think the community wants to be, I think we are a good community. I think we want to be a better community. And I think... We could be a very vibrant community, but our population growth, you know, we're just not growing. And I think a part of that is not because we don't have good schools, but they aren't the most attractive, advanced, globally uh, addressing global issues because of some of the lack of, lack of technology that we have. So uh, I hope that the answer will not be a big no. But assuming it is, we're committed to this as a board and we're committed to this as a staff. And of course, the board is the one that will make a decision. Uh, as the superintendent, I can only make recommendations and my recommendation would be, and, and I believe they have already expressed this, they don't want to give up. They turn around, do it again. Mm -hmm. And we just are not going to let this go. Uh, We've actually been doing a, com a community book study on building a vibrant community by Quint Studer. And one of the uh, quotes in that book is like, the best time to plant a tree it was 20 years ago. So the second best time is now. Mm -hmm. And that's how we feel. We, this should have been addressed in terms of long-range plannings 20 years ago when the school, you know, way before this time. But... I think pretty much board members and superintendents and the communities, you know, before us have done the best they can with the funding we have. And the fact of the matter is all they've been able to do is what we've been able to do, and that is patch up buildings because of the way this tax is structured uh, for buildings. So we just are going to keep trying to do what's right for this community and the kids in this community. Awesome. Um, another question I have, is there a point that the state would step in and enforce the nickel tax or some form of a new building fund, or is it all up to the people? No, it, it, the only way that we would be able to um, enact a tax that was not recallable is if we qualified for what the state has as a growth nickel, and we do not qualify for that. You have to have sustained growth over a five-year period mm -hmm. and, and growth of your student population, not necessarily of your county or your city. Um, and, and we have not had that um, and are not projected to have that. So that would be the only way that we could enact a nickel that or levy a nickel that would not be uh, subject to recall. 
so there's not another they're not really another option for us and what people need to realize is we have one nickel that the state mandated for us to have that's all we have designated for construction we are one of a handful of districts in this state that only has that one nickel most districts have anywhere from two to four a few even have five nickels but we have been since it was implemented in 1990 early 1990s we have had that one nickel and that's it for our construction projects mm -hmm. And so people ask, well, where's the money? Well, the money from that original nickel is currently being used to pay for County Middle, for MLK, for Crofton, for Freedom, for an energy project that we did a few years ago. So that money was all taken up by that or from that original nickel. And that is true. And that one nickel is because it's required. It <laughs> that yes, that it's wasn't, required. you it couldn't even required. vote on that. That is mandatory. Yeah. And so... Christian County is the seventh, we have the seventh lowest real estate tax in the state of Kentucky, and that puts us in the bottom fourth percent statewide. So it's a, it's a difficult thing to, to explain, but that's how the facilities uh, funding is in Kentucky, the one required by all counties, and then Anything else beyond that, you're just growing and maintaining and upgrading your facilities, and we have never done that here. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's voted in on the positive side, how long will it take to get the plans for the school ready and to get the school up and going and open? Well, we would look at starting a, a planning phase as soon as we know that that nickel's going to be um, levied, and then we would probably be a year of planning uh, to get it together. Uh, we cannot actually incur debt or sell bonds until the revenue actually comes in. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at November election and we know that we're going to levy that tax the next October, mm -hmm. it would be after that that we would be able to incur the debt to start the construction project. So it would you know, delay that a year. Uh, if, if we wait till the November election for that. So I know a lot of news happened once students started posting pictures of what the schools looked like. Um, so that we know the shape of the schools is not good. Um, in the meantime, while the school is being built, what can be done to kind of either get them out of that situation or is there any option to take the school, take the students Just to another place? Well, you well you mean there's no option to take them anyplace else uh, unless we started a new academic building, finished a section, and moved them in by sections or something like that. So what, and I think Mr. Uh, Hawkins uh, addressed this earlier, we would, we would patch, we, we would keep doing what we've been doing, but we've had a lot of not necessarily natural disasters, but heavy, heavy rains and a lot of it. And it was a constant, and, and the, the, the students were being bothered, and so was the staff, and we would have to wait till it stopped raining and use buckets. I mean, it, it was all true. Uh, but it, it's been patched so many times and uh, scheduled to... As Mr. Hawkins said, we're scheduled to do another hallway. So 
it is just a patching. It's 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 a reactive process instead of a proactive like addressing a new academic building would be. I think that may be all of my questions. Is there anything else you all want the community to know um, going into this possible special election? Well, like I said, hope is not a strategy, but I hope this community will uh, will want to support this for the right reasons, and and that would be our students and the equity of the education that our students deserve here. Uh, I know wealth isn't distributed equitably necessarily. I mean that we have pockets, uh, a lot of pockets of uh, poverty and wealth, but uh, our students are working hard. Uh, every school district has issues, but it shouldn't be because our students are deprived of an opportunity. Um, our teachers are working hard, but I think a properly planned and just safe and academically uh, sound programming issues being addressed should be at the forefront. Uh, I did read that, you know, one of seven jobs, I think it's one, well, it's one of five actually, 21% of the jobs in Kentucky are tied to international trade. So that's one of five, one out of every five jobs in Kentucky. So other states and other districts know that our kids are not going to necessarily stay here, but if they do, we need to have jobs for them to stay. And if it is an international global market, and it is, uh, we need to expose them to the highest level of technology that's out there. Uh, virtual learning, uh, working with different communities, uh, just a more global aspect because uh, any of us could be, well, maybe not me, but any of any of you, the younger generation, you could be working from home, you could be working out of the United Kingdom, you could be anywhere in the world, and you could do that if you have the right skills. And so we just really, really hope and pray that our students will have that competitive edge. Um, I think one question I have just on the end that I thought about just now, how can we better plan for the next 20 or 30 years? It seems like this was a, a planning issue, and then it was like, oh, we have a, a building that's in disrepair and too far gone. And you're right. And when I came into this position five years ago, I could not find any kind of uh, long-range plan that said this is when we need to replace or renovate or whatever. So that's what we've been working on. We've worked on a replacement schedule for for our roofs, for our uh, heating and cooling units, uh, for our technology, for renovation. Also, the state is changing their uh, format for our district facility plan, where we are having to go into every building and uh, basically take a building inventory and say this is when this was uh, put in, this is what the life expectancy is, and so forth, so that will help us as well. But we do have some plans in place there, some scheduling uh, for the next 20 years mm -hmm. of when roofs and, and various things will have to be replaced. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for your time. I hope our community is a little more educated about what this tax is and kind of what that means for our students, and we'll continue to follow this as it develops. Thank you.